0: And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter. That is at KCSGE. You can follow the podcast. That is at H-E-F pod. Follow us on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash H-E-F pod. All the latest Eintracht news and information in the English language, all found in one convenient location. You can also drop us a line that that uh, email that, again, is frankfurt at gmail.com. So, first podcast since we kind of did a good wrap-up of the entire season, players of the season, and everything. And, uh, hey, now the team is back into training, so are we. Back talking about Eintracht, and I go to the Big Apple for Matt in New York City. Hello, Matt. How is uh, the big city on the east coast of the United States?
1: Always a good time, but I'm more excited about what's happening on a further east coast out in uh, Europe with the season getting ready to come back.
0: indeed uh, what did you before we talk about the Eintracht, what did you make of the Euro- the uh, European tournament or even uh, if you had you know especially since we have one player incoming Hughes coming from Copa America, what did you make of the summer internationals?
1: Pretty fun. I mean, obviously very biased about the German team. At first I had zero <laughs> hope of the German team even getting out of the group stages. And of course we skated our way through the group stages. And then I think I was, I wish, a little part of me wished that we didn't make it through the group stages because I can't believe we lost England because that was just gut-wrenching. And I mean... England didn't deserve to be in the final, to be quite honest with you. They didn't really play any really good team besides Germany. And I I, I just shit-talked about Germany, so I don't even know if they were considered a good <laughs> team. They're just good on paper <laughs> recently. But I thought Italy was definitely the most deserving team, as much as I hate to say it. Um, if they were the better team, they have had that great unbeaten streak since 2018, 33 games unbeaten, and, you know, the better team ended up winning the Euros. But it was what a tournament you know the start from erickson having that heart attack you know that was was wild set the tone then we had the cinderella team of denmark who weren't really a cinderella team they were a pretty damn good team um, with, you know, Poulsen, they had that guy named Hempel or Humpel, the left winger. I can't even pronounce his name right, but, um, they were a pretty good team. And then, um, I mean, I thought overall it was a great tournament and, you know, like I said, the better team came out on top and, um, you know, Jeremy still has to improve on a lot of things.
0: Indeed they do. Um, I will speak a little bit to the Copa America as I was following that, um, uh... A little bit biased of uh, the continental competitions in this hemisphere. Uh, the CONCACAF Gold Cup is on um, its under at present time. Whereas um, former Eintracht player Carlos Sacedo has been kind of watching the Mexican national team from afar. But a uh, new Eintracht signing was uh, uh, able to be part of a team that ended up in the, the third place game for the Copa America. We'll get to Colombia. that Colombian in just a bit. In just a bit. But hey. You know what, uh, Rodrigo Zalazar? I foresee that he, considering the poor performance that Uruguay did have, I foresee, especially if we start utilizing him on the pitch, I won't be surprised if by the November international break that Uruguay gives him a call up because they looked bad. But uh, hats off to Argentina, first uh, trophy international trophy won by the Tines since 1993 at finally gives uh, Lionel Messi one of the more kind of talismanic uh, players of this kind of war- generation that we've been able to enjoy. And I will take that. And Ronaldo I mean, now
1: have both won international trophies, so who's the GOAT yeah. now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, suddenly that Let's 2022 World Cup is really <laughs> looking like the kind of marker where those guys can leave a final legacy uh Uh, at least on the international stage. We'll see about the club season. And speaking of the club season, Eintracht And everyone else is starting to uh, begin their seasons. So Marcus Croce is now uh, heading up uh, the football department for the Eintracht, having left Leipzig. Orva Glasner is now in charge of the Eintracht as head trainer or manager, as you might prefer. And quite a few things have been released, including new players and everything. But... Matt, how about uh, we talk about what our players did uh, on international duty? Because I think, really, you can only talk about one guy and one guy only when it comes to the international... Super, (laughs) super...
1: Super Zupa! Oh my God, what a performance! I mean, I was excited when we actually signed him back last year when we did that Kachinovich Kucino, uh, switch up, and I was a little bummed that we never really um, initiated him a lot um, into games and stuff. But I'm glad he fucking showed up in the Euros. Oh my God, he was a stud! Like, and it's crazy too because Switzerland kind of has the same kind of bumper and run soccer style as the Eintracht have. So like, like how the hell did? Um, the no-name, the name we shall not utter ever put him in as much because, I mean, this guy was a stud at the Euros. And, you know, he obviously raised his value up. I mean, he raised his stock up um, within the team. And, you know, I, you know, if we keep him, I definitely would expect him to be a starter on um, the Frankfurt, um, on, you know, match day one when we play... Oh, who did we play? Dortmund. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely fully expect him to be a starter, but he was assist King. That's all it says. Numbers don't lie, you know?
0: He was the best that the Eintracht had out there on display. Other guys who made their mark, who laid down any sort of markers. Martin Hintereger was in the starting lineup and basically played every second for Austria um, you had a couple of uh substitute performances from Il Actually, I think maybe he had like one start, nope, just three uh sub appearances. Giroud So had his multiple
1: appearances. Um, and off was the going bench. viral too after his um <laughs> performance against Italy. He uh, I think it was either Italy mm-hmm. or against Netherlands, but he. I remember I remember scrolling through Twitter after that game, and a lot of people were raging about Hinteregger, and that was like people who don't even watch soccer, you know, like people I would have never even thought of they watch the arrows, and yet they're uttering this guy's name.
0: Exactly, and I think that uh, the platform of ESPN here stateside really kind of raised his profile, though he had no problem going to a local, <laughs> a local Austrian festival. And uh, for, and saying that he doesn't want to leave Eintracht. I mean, and then, you know, drunkenly goes and starts singing the Eintracht hymn with some fans. I saw that on social media, and I'm like, God, I love this guy. Um, vice captain uh, definitely deserved. I think Makota uh, Asebi will still stay as captain, but let's be real. Uh, his time is uh, coming to an end. Uh, let's just hope that it's a glorious end for this season. Um, back to what Eintracht has been up to. So, uh, we need to talk about the major transfers that have headed out. Well, let's be real. Uh, there's only been one transfer of any real note. Uh, well, I guess uh, Luka Jovic uh, returned, uh, did his loan return and... I guess Jethro Williams, uh, after a year of being with Eintracht, you know, after being on loan, Newcastle has not found a new gig, but, you know, uh, that, whatever was going on between uh, him and Hutter, it obviously uh, it was pretty bad, and he never I can't even recall any times that he got on Substitute's bench uh, during this past season, but Andre Silva... Only twenty three million we got for this guy. I'm gonna miss him a lot. It sucks that he went to Leipzig, but I understand from what where he's standing why he went there because he's like, hey, I had a, just a freaking career year and I'd like to make a step up, and I think his step to Leipzig for him as an individual player is actually better than some of the places that he was being linked with because he was being linked with some clubs in England and probably remembered that, hey, I replaced Allaire and look how well that went. And the English clubs that were interested in him, they were not ready. What's on?
1: I mean, it's interesting because I think if we made the Champions League last year, he definitely would have stayed. Um, I 100%. think I think his move to Leipzig at such a terrible terrible low sum is interesting um because you know at, at first i kind of was freaking out about it because i was honestly expecting at the minimum 60 mil for this guy you know like he's a top scorer to, at a club that just you know was fighting for a champions league spot first ever champion spot for a long time and then you know we sent him off for Trump change at this point. You know, we sold Luko Jovic True. for a lot more and look how um, that kind of turned out for Real Madrid, but he was fairly successful with us. He did not beat the record that Andre Silva did. So how the hell, where is that 50 mil jump, you know? Um, right. I think the move to Leipzig was literally a personal choice. Um, I hope it's a temporary choice and he ends up coming back to Frankfurt, but obviously that's super wishful thinking. But, you know, I, think I, did, right. I, did, I did see a lot of um, a lot of people and a lot of fans kind of saying like you know like the reason why he's worth 23 million because most of his goals have come from like a costage cross or you know someone else having a cross into the ball uh, or into the box um you know he's had what tw- uh, eight to 12 penalty- penalties goals scored so you know he, the goal records was there for sure like uh, most of the goals he did score were pretty much bangers and very well deserved but most of them were very great setups from you know our amazing um play our amazing counter play um you know great left foot crosses from Kostic. um so i it does make me at ease a little bit more about the 23 mil but it it, it still doesn't feel right to say that you know what i'm saying
0: 100% agree uh, i look at his performances and think to myself that's the kind of Performance that is from a poacher, and if you're Leipzig, you're immediately he's immediately uh, the first guy that's net, that's on the team sheet for them, and I think you'd start him over Polson. Um, yeah, I think that Polson is a different type of striker, and that you know uh, Leipzig with their way uh, that they that I'm assuming that they are going to be playing, you know under uh jesse marsh the american i i think that he's gonna look at him and say to him hey patrick schick wasn't really working out you are gonna be my holland and i'm gonna have pulse and play behind you i think that's the kind of setup that they're gonna have and uh, andre silva he might not get twenty goals, you might only get like fifteen goals, like maybe in the Bundesliga, but that's he's gonna be working hard to kinda try and justify his major feat. But I think that it's gonna be his additional work that we would see at times that is gonna come to the forefront that will allow everyone else to you know procure goals for Leipzig because if you recall last season that everyone agreed that the only reason why they didn't win the title is because and they were the best placed honestly to give a challenge to Bayern. I think that's just because like Dortmund is always ready to freaking implode and look, they did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't
0: but I mean, like, you know, you had Paulson and Forsberg and Alexander Soloth uh was just not the guy. They just they couldn't figure themselves out and I think that uh Silva will at least fix them when it comes to that sort of attacking point. And he does and have a better supporting
1: cast with Donny Albo in there as well. So
0: Oh god, that kid was a firecracker. Uh I was another guy who really to me stood out at uh this most recent European championship. Um but yeah. Uh, Andre, um, best of luck. Uh, I hope that you put up a big old fat donut and do absolutely deadly squat in our two matches against us. But uh, in the meantime, uh,
1: best of luck. Yeah. Have have fun, have a good time in Leipzig. I mean, I know you miss Frankfurt. You'll you'll always definitely be back in the Weltstadion, but it depends whether we accept him with uh, hugs and kisses or we have um, you know fire in our eyes are ready to murder him. So I guess it comes. (laughs) I guess it'll come. We'll play it by ear, Andre. We'll play it by ear. But hey, thanks for your time. I wish you stayed. I wish you stayed longer, but we all make mistakes, right? Well, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And here's why.
0: <laughs> um, so immediately after, it seemed like what um, a day, maybe two after the silver transfer was made complete, uh, Rafael uh, Santos Boré a Colombian international striker who has been uh, most recently with river plate uh, of Argentine top division. Uh, He has, and he was playing a lot with uh, Colombia in this most recent Copa America. He has made the jump to Eintracht on a free transfer. I'm not sure what kind of a sign-on fee that he received, because you know, just kind of par for the course when you get these free transfers, um, get a little bit of a signing bonus, but anyway. Um, this is a guy who I've seen a little bit of so far. I've liked what I've seen. He is in the a Copa. Poacher. You're saying, yeah, in the yeah. Copa and some. Uh, so, um, with the Paramount Plus, they now have acquired the English language rights to the Argentine uh, matches, um, the domestic league and the domestic cup competition. So, I was able to see a little bit of him playing for River Plate. Not all too much. And he was a step above when playing in the Argentine League, but then again he's playing on one of the two pinnacles of South America of the South American domestic game at River Plate. He, the guy has a lot of uh, a lot of winners medals having uh, played with River Plate, including the Copa Libertadores. I mean that's uh, <laughs> that kind of you don't really get much bigger than they come there but he was Part of a team that consistently was at the, like, either winning the title or just missing out at the semifinal stage when it came to the Doras. And in the league itself, they also were top end guys. And he was leading the way the whole time. We'll see how long it takes him to adapt uh, to time in Germany. But I find him a real fascinating signing
1: I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's definitely good to have a you know because I feel like you know coming from the Argentine league, especially the way Boca Juniors and River play play, it's a fast play, it's a fast paced um, game. You know, it's you know right down the right that you run down the throats of your opponents, and so um, you know which kind of. Um, Complements the counterattacking game that we have currently with Frankfurt, and you know I, I'm I'm hoping that you know Gloucester kind of keeps that um, kind of type of play when we go into playing Dortmund and you know throughout throughout the rest of the season, but. You know, it's another target for Custic to, you know, cross into the balls. And, you know, he's – I think this um, – you know, he's definitely faster than Andre Silva, I would say. Uh, maybe not as technically gifted as um, Andre Silva in terms of, like, you know, being stuck in the box between the penalty mark and, you know, having three yeah, defenders a little around short you. he's at 5'9". Exactly, but I think, you know, the way that Kustic, um crosses the ball, you know, Kostich doesn't float these balls. These are, like, powerful, like, missiles coming into the box, so I think Bore is going to be, whack you know... He from the header fa- and with his feet. Exactly, and he's going to be fast enough to, you know, run around the defender and, you know, get, like, a toe touch on it and hit the back post or something like that. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting, you know. Um, I feel like, you know, we don't really get too many, like, South American-leagued... Um, True. You know, like, strikers are, like, kind of, like, attacking-minded players, you know? I mean, um, Mako Fabian was pretty good. I mean, Me- Mexico, it's, like, I guess that's, that's more like Central America. But I feel like South American from, you know, River Plate, like, a top-tier team in the Argentine League where, you know, he has... I, and I think is, and I think the atmosphere as well is going to mesh well because you know River Plate has such a great atmosphere compared to like Frankfurt, where you know that's at a top five league and has kind of would I would say has the same atmosphere as River Plate just a lot. Less degenerate on camera. I don't know how degenerate they are off camera, but I know how degenerate <laughs> we are off camera. But um, no, the, the, when it comes to
0: the the club atmospheres, there are very few clubs in this hemisphere that are as vibrant as we're played, and uh, I think he will find Eintracht as fervent of a fan base to play for, but maybe a little less stressful, because when it comes to those guys, I mean, if you're not firing on all cylinders, then there's something wrong with you, and it, <laughs> you know, he, he was able to get, he um, He was originally signed uh, out of uh, Colombia by Atletico Madrid, but they put him out on loan, and he can actually, he's an interesting player, he can play out on the wing, and also play as a striker, which he was playing uh, for Colombia on both up top and out on the right. So, you know, him is being a uh, multifaceted. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I really am excited for what he can bring to the table. And here's hoping that we have a good long run. Uh, but he is not the only signing that has come into the Eintracht in the last couple of days. Uh, Jesper Lindstrom has come from Brombo, uh, from the Danish uh, Super League, uh, having just won the Danish uh, domestic title with uh, the yellow and blue over there. Um, there's also the same club that Lucas Radetzky, uh, came from to Eintracht. So we have a previous relationship there. Um, He's only re- recently started cracking into uh, the Danish national team at the senior level. So uh, this is a guy, really, for the long term. Uh, he's been a first team starter, really, the last two seasons uh, in the Danish league, and has done pretty well for himself. Uh, be you know, this most recent season, you know, he his start to the season, he was play young player of the month. And and even play full t- full stop player of the month in the beginning part of the season uh, in the Danish league, and that has been proven to produce quite a few uh, players who do well in the German Bundesliga. So uh, this is a guy who, at his young age of twenty one, still frustrates the mind uh, with his lack of consistency, but the talent is there, and here's hoping that. Um, we are the right place for him to just soar like an eagle.
1: I mean, he's, he's definitely like on the frail side of things in terms of like what I would like to see in our midfield. Um, But then again, I feel like maybe the Bundesliga is starting to evolve from that, you know, kind of rah, rah kind of, you know, midfield. And now we're actually going to play some like kind of a mixture of, you know, fast pace and um, Premier League style football, which is pretty much, you know, just straight up um, possession. But, it's, I wish we didn't pay seven mil for someone from the Danish league. I mean, I, I get it that he's like a young prospect and whatnot, but if we sold Silva for 20 plus mil, I don't know if this guy is worth seven mil, because um, I personally haven't heard much about you know him, and obviously I don't follow Danish league as much. But um, I mean, it's great that we have a lot of young talent. I mean, he adds to you know Fabio Blanco, they can play on both sides of the wing.
0: That's to me key in terms of us kind of bracing ourselves for the exit of uh, costage So I mean, for me, it. The guy seems like a slam dunk, and the fact that we keep on wanting to be young, get the young, hungry guys, and he, you know, he's de- he's quite developing at a rapid pace. You know, one of the better players in the Danish uh, league itself, and at 21, I think most of that fee does come with the fact of uh, the promise of what is to come, and I think the transfer fee itself was more of a hey, we're paying this lump sum all in. As opposed to kind of dragging it out like we've seen with other transfers that end up kind of blowing up in people's faces. So I look at this and think <laughs> to myself that, you know what, if he ends up being a bust, we can probably flip him and say two or so years. Uh, at, at the worst case worst case scenario, we're able to flip him for round about the same transfer fee and just say, oh, well, we tried.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean I guess we'll see when time comes by because maybe he could be mm-hmm. like a yoga situation where you end up selling him for 70 mil you know coming in three years so I mean you know I, I, I'll knows. trust your judgment of this one Brian for sure because I know you uh, you do your extra research and uh, <laughs> I guess we'll just take it from there you know I mean, I exactly. am, cool I, I mean I def- I'm just kind of scared <sighs> I'm you really think Kostic is gonna go because the later it seems, the more like because I keep seeing pictures and of him, like from the Eintracht. There team are only three, three clubs that he
0: continues to be linked with, and they're all in Italy. The one league that there's not enough money coming into when it comes to the teams, uh, the two teams that continuously, uh, two of the three teams being linked with him. Um, are playing the Europa League, both teams out of Rome. And the other team is Inter Milan, the reigning Italian champions, who after their coach had a meeting with the directors and they said, yeah, we need to move some players on. We need to slash uh, payroll by minimum 20%. He said, bye. Um, The sheer fact that I have not seen any more links to him makes me think, he just doesn't have a buyer. I don't see why someone in Spain or England is not going for him. But hey, if he doesn't move, then this linked move of us with. Uh, oh gosh, uh, now i starting to blank on the guy's name. He's right out of. Uh, Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
0: I, I no. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind if Kamada moved on. I think that uh his time has been we've we've gotten a lot out of him. But we, he's also frustrated the hell out of a lot of other guys. Um, including most people on this podcast, including myself. Um Yourself too? Yeah.
1: Are you admitting that?
0: Oh wow. Uh the way the season ended, I just looked at him and I'm like Oh, this is what everyone's been whinging about. Now I'm seeing it. And so, it's,
1: uh, <laughs> but I don't see us losing uh, both Kamada and Kostich in the same year. You know, I think we're more likely to sell Kamada, and we may even just get Kostich say, a raise or Kamada. something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm I bit, haven't I'm, heard any of those guys linked with. Anyone really, but I put that mostly down to the fact that where, whereas the links to close in Italy was going on like right during the early part of the Euros, I think there's plenty of time for the links to resume. And uh, Jens Peter Hag is the uh, Norwegian who Eintracht was starting I'm to be linked with the, the winger. Uh, at AC Milan, now some people might have heard of, of him because uh, Bodo Glint, this tiny, tiny club in the upper parts of Norway, came out of nowhere to win the Norwegian top flight in, um, so they run a spring to fall season, and the, their season culminated in the win in uh, 2020. And he also got himself a move to Italy, God, like... 20-plus matches in half a season in Italy, and they're already thinking, uh, maybe we kind of want to uh, move to a different player and whatnot. And I'm like, everything that I've seen, and I've asked a couple of uh, folks who do know what kind of player he is and have said he's not exactly Kostic, but you will get him way cheap, like, what you could get him for now from Milan is pretty cheap to what he will probably end up being within two years time so
1: yeah hey. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we do a straight swap with him and Custitch, you know I feel like you know the longer this Ruber linkers um, the more likely it's a straight up swap with Custic plus some extra cash coming our way
0: like about um, 15 like 20 I need at least twenty for Costage because right. they're saying
1: they. So far, all we've been
0: seeing is fifteen million for him. That's what they want. We have only offered. We have put in an offer and knows for about half that. They were not exactly too happy, but I think of it from this standpoint that if you guys really, really want him, Costage, that is, you know, and maybe it would happen. But hey, we need. I'd prefer money to be exchanged uh, solely for costage. Agreed. With someone else, not, you know, an Italian club. I honestly Agreed. keep on saying that he should be linked with England, but there's just no one in France that has got the money. No I mean, well, there is a club, but they don't Costage is would be considered a low level guy to them. Costage would, he be on would be a brilliant. He'd be, He'd be a on the brilliant sign <laughs> for a PSG. <laughs> Not, but, the you know, not, go for that. not the way they're spending.
1: Not the
0: way they're spending. Yeah, spending all that money on Donnarumma for free.
1: Oh. Hakimi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, the, the list goes on and on. So that's all the signs that have been done for the Iron right now. Matt, it's time for hashtag what are we drinking before we go to the test match that has gone down and um, a mention of uh, who we have and upcoming matches once the season really gets underway. What do you got for us?
1: I am drinking some bone saw brewing company, and it is a swoosh drink, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where exactly it's from. Oh, here we go. Glassboro, New Jersey. Oh, shout out East Coast. Um, but yeah, it's a nice IPA, and the quote says the juicy IPA packs waves of hot, big bursting hop flavors. I'm not gonna read the rest because it's actually kind of boring. <laughs> no
0: worries there i am going with the sam adams beach saison ipa it's pretty packed with citrus flavoring which uh of course why not uh in this wonderful summer season that we have right now that's what we got for hashtag what are we drinking matt are you ready to talk about the failure that was our test match <sighs> We'll just spit it out. V-spot in (laughs) Eintracht. And to be fair, uh, the players that were on the pitch that are of, you know, usual starters or have played like usual minutes for the Eintracht, no one played more than 45 minutes. It was just really it was a fitness sort of match you had the costa you had indica you had uh costage you had a you had Barkok, akman uh the new uh turkish guy and ashe and um yeah we only got a, a goal via penalty converted by Barkok. uh akman earned that but uh The difference between one club that has had uh, four days worth of kind of training evaluations and everything and another club that's going to be starting up in about a week's time, there was a distinct difference in fitness and cohesion levels and, you know, the guys who then uh, took part in addition – Zalazar was another starter, uh, and, uh, Damar, another one, I mean, this is not, this was not a, uh, Eintracht team that is gonna be, uh, seen again, this was all about getting minutes in the legs, trying to get those guys ready, and, oh yeah, uh, Remaja, um, uh, who we got from Heidenheim on free transfer was the only guy to play more than 45 and that's because well all the other guys are all the other goalkeepers that we have on our roster uh, are all at one on loan Elias Rodner is on loan and uh, Victoria Kuhn in the Juta Liga and you got Kevin Trapp and well at least for right now Fredrick Nick uh, who are we're out with their international teams and have yet to uh, return to the Track because, hey, those guys need a break. Um, other players to be uh, on the pitch. And uh, Schroeder, Chandler, Otto, Lenz, Maurer. I mean, it's... Really, it was just uh, bodies, giddy minutes, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because, you know, we've got plenty of test matches ahead, man.
1: Plenty of test yeah. matches
0: ahead. We'll be fine.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, the second half, just bringing in all the youngsters. You know, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's a test spiel. Gotta let get gotta let the boys get the legs going. I mean, we've had a heavy international presence so far this year with our squad. So, you know, just kind of keeping their legs loose and whatnot was definitely uh, a decent move. I mean. Would I like to have beaten uh, Wiesbaden? Of course, obviously, sure. But, I mean, I'm not going to take it too hard. I mean, this is Glasner's first game as, like, you know, actually coaching these kids as well. And, um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I think the next two
0: matches are going to be much the same. We got uh, Sandhausen on the 17th, Giesen on the 20th. And not until you get to the uh, the... Test matches on the twenty fourth and the thirty first of July. When you have Strasbourg, who folks might remember, uh, league on opposition, who we faced in the the playoff of the Europa League, and also Saint Etienne, also another uh, league on side. When we play those two guys, I'm gonna really want to see a lot more from the guys because until we play those two, everything's just getting. Uh, getting the legs warm getting the legs I, warm I think uh, those two games are also said- good
1: Europa League yep. prep games as well you know just to have like mm. good like international games because I mean we'll probably end up playing like who's close to us we we'll are probably end up playing Mindset as like a secret like test uh, test match somewhere we'll probably end up playing um, Domstadt as well so it's I, the strasbourg saint so game is going to be great just to have, like, you know, us playing international people again and um, just kind of getting us ready for Europa because, you know, game one starts um, right after we play, I believe, Stuttgart. So, after yeah, uh, four, match day four. It's, uh, it's
0: coming. It's coming. Um, yeah, so, eight days after we play the Claude Puel uh, led Saint-Etienne, uh, side it's uh, the Derby Pokal, the first round of the Derby Pokal, and I'm really excited for it because you know what Eintracht did so well the last year and <laughs> the year before that. Well, I, I joke when we when you lose to Leverkusen in the second round, it really is a kick in the nuts. Uh, but when nah. you face the when you, we've had a lot of good runs. And why not have another one uh, this upcoming season? But you know, how can we do better? It's called playing Mannheim and beating Mannheim. And that ended up being a run that got us to the semifinals. So why not? We're going to be playing this on the set. Uh, on the Sunday, excuse me, uh, that is going to be August 8th. It will not be in a full uh, stadium, not a full Carl's Benz Stadion, which was full two seasons ago when Eintracht took on Mannheim in the first round of the day of April-Kel. Then this, uh, I think, now Mannheim will have, I think, like uh, two, three uh, league matches already under their belt by the time that uh, – eintracht will play them, so it's gonna be very tricky for us. But without a full stadium, I can you gotta wonder if uh the Pokal Magic will be there. Only again, really, uh we had a few upsets in the last Pokal. I mean Essen got all the way to the quarterfinals, for God's sakes, and
1: uh Q to upsets the semifinal in the Pokal. But
0: but I kind of wonder, I mean, last season, it seemed like there was really fewer upsets than the year before, but I think that's because of the lack of fans, and you know what? I kind of fancy our chances for a deep run. It's going to be difficult when we start playing, when we have the second round in October, (laughs) Um, in that time span uh, once we get back from the October international break it is literally especially if we beat Mannheim it is going to be non-stop two matches per week all the way until the November international break it will be a rough time for the Eintracht but hey at least in our season schedule Within the Bundesliga, it's not going to be so bad. So we have our first six matches set in terms of times, and we know everyone who we're going to play, at least in or in the order. And it's going to start off as such. Where we will start off on the road at the uh, the Westfalen Stadion in Dortmund to take on the lost. Bumblebees, who we will squish because you know like a buck (laughs) and then uh, our home uh, opener uh, the 21st against Augsburg now we will be on Totspiel uh, versus Dortmund so get excited for that but uh, Eintracht and Augsburg then Bielefeld and then we go on an international break and then you got Stuttgart Wolfsburg
1: Dortmund no, Bayern.
0: Uh, no, not Bayern. No, not Doran. Not Bayern.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean... Well, that, that may change. That may change because, um, you know, depending how well we do um, or depending on the Europa League, actually, um, we may play them on a Sunday, which gives us a tough spiel on the Sunday, which would be pretty cool.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So um, Monday matches are now gone. But what they're doing is putting in a third time slot for the Sunday matches. So, oi. Uh, yeah. That, uh, That's some real Sunday that, football, that, baby. That is that. Eintracht, I think it's the Eintracht Wolfsburg match that is uh, on the Sunday. Yep. And we're talking, it's a real, real late kickoff. It's going to be 1930 C. E T, and um, yeah, uh, if anyone is an NFL fan. That's when the NFL starts kicking off, folks. <laughs> it's gonna be a
1: <laughs> for the for Americans us.
0: listening here. That's a late. That's a late kickoff for when F- it comes yeah, to, NFL, to like of the action. Bundesliga action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, the Jets and the Giants both suck in New York. So, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> oh well.
1: Oh well. Let's let's yeah, stick so well, it to
0: some real football here. <laughs> exactly, but you know what? The way that we're starting off we could be in a real good spot. Um, I look at Dortmund and Munich in our first seven matches as the only matches that are, to me, not lock wins. Uh, granted, I'm just an optimistic person. Uh, but, you know, an Augsburg and a BFL will af- immediately after Dortmund, those first three matches before the September international break, I think we could find ourselves, you know, nine points and uh, moving on to the second round to the Pocow, and not having even blinked, and thought, no, we're doing okay, we're doing just right, you know, not trying to get too ahead of ourselves, and that will put us in good stead for once we return, and we'll want to get as much momentum as we can headed into uh, October, because, as I mentioned, it's going to be rough. It's going to be full of matches. It's going to have, you know, October... Between the October and November breaks, you could have a you're going to have two Europa League matches, you're going to have possibly a Pokal match in addition to four league
1: matches. Oof, quite a bit, but
0: you got to play the games that uh, are scheduled for you.
1: I mean, hey, that's 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 the way of the road to becoming a top club, you know. You got to play all these midweek games, you know, once it comes, once we are a champions league team you know we're gonna have to start getting used to playing tuesdays and wednesdays every single week or every other week and whatnot but i mean i i, I love the optimism with the nine points in the first three games i don't think that's gonna happen i think uh, i i'd love the tie against dortmund especially at the westbound stadion so you know i'm gonna be optimist i'm gonna be a little less optimistic and say you know seven points would be great six points is okay with me you know because then after that we play Stuttgart, then we play Wolfsburg, who I don't think are going to have a good season this year. Um, I I really think they're going to drop off. I think they're going to really shock um, you know a lot of the a lot of the media, a lot of the fans, um, just because I don't know. I just it's just one of those feelings where you know Wolfsburg kind of has you know they always traditionally you know they do so well for just a certain amount of time, and then they drop off when they get to like a Champions League kind of spot for like for like uh, one or two years, you know. So. We may see the downfall of um, you know those guys over there, which is you know good move for Glassner to get out of there because hopefully he can take us to the Champions League spot. <laughs> <But> <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. but I definitely, I definitely think you know seven points is ideal for the first three games because you know Wolfsburg is really only the next game that we play, and then two games after that we play Bayern, and in between that we have a Europa League game. Um, actually, I think we have two Europa League games between that. Now that I'm looking at the schedules, and then you know Hertha is good, of is uh, good. Leipzig at home is definitely good. Kota Fjord is good. Freiburg is good. Union Berlin is good. Offenheim is good. <sighs> Always sketched out about Leverkusen. Borussia Gladbach is going to be amazing. It's going to be a Wednesday game. And, you know, I think we're going to have more frankfurt fans at the gladbach stadium and there are going to be gladbach fans because it's just going to be a whole bunch of us just flipping off the no the, the person that shall not be named and it's going to be <laughs> an amazing game then after that Indeed. we play mainz as a, with a um, you know a rivalry game right there so that's gonna that all that energy that we have from the gladbach game is going to transfer right over to the mainz game because we know how much Mainz fucked us last year and then you know then we go right back to the uh so you know christmas break will be right there so i definitely love how spread out it is between a short christmas um, uh,
0: break i should point out uh, <laughs> the match day match day eight yeah so our final uh the final match of the eintracht season if we're still in the pokal You know, after the second round, so the, uh, yeah, so you got the second round uh, in late October, first round, obviously, as we mentioned in August. Uh, Round of 16 is uh, January 18th and 19th, and then uh, we'll return in May, but the thing is, match day uh, 17 is going to be played between December 17th and the 19th. And then match to 18 between January 7th
1: and 9th. That is a short time. Yep. Yep. Oof. I mean, well, it's how it is. It's how it is. I mean, I think. I mean, that's why I'm also kind of thinking. That's why Glassner and Crusher are going towards the youth kind of place. The more, the more that I think about it now, just because. Um, <laughs> you know we're gonna have to have you know young legs to run around when you can't have you know too many old guys running around there because they're gonna get gassed so it's the more the schedule i see it the more i like it with the young kind of depth that we have right now but the a lack of experience is there so it depends how the equation really you know ends up happening we'll only find that out you know come may of 2022 exactly well
0: Hey, here's to us kicking ass and taking names. In the meantime, as I mentioned, uh, the next Eintracht action will be our test match on the 17th against Sandhausen, followed by the 20th against Gießen. And, uh, yeah, all the test matches are going to be played in Frankfurt. So, hey, here's to the guys not having to go really anywhere. Uh, (laughs) Go and play those.
1: Matt, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? You can find me on Twitter at WagM8 underscore, and you can find me on Instagram at underscore Wagner8.
0: And you can follow me uh, on Twitter. That is at KCSGE. Follow the show. Most importantly, that is at HEFpond, facebook.com slash H E F Pond for all the latest uncircated anchor- News and information in the English language. One spot. If you haven't followed us yet, why haven't you? Do so right after this podcast. When it comes to find us on your favorite podcast platform, we are here, there, we're everywhere. So give us a like, share us with your fellow Eintracht fans, on let's get some. Uh, let's get some folks who liked watching some of that international soccer this summer. I'll turn them into Eintracht fans. Let them know what the pa- what it's like to fall passionate club that makes you really value uh really what it is to be a football fan a foosball fan a soccer fan So, that's all from us here at Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Matt for joining me for episode 178. It's been great to get back. After a very, very long break, (laughs) we will be back with more (laughs) Eintracht news and information when it comes to the Eintracht playing in their test matches ahead of the Bundesliga and Dewey Pokal and Europa League campaigns that will be getting underway. Once again, that is Eintracht uh, going to be starting off at the Day of Bay Pokal on the 8th of August versus Mannheim. So we'll be back before then, hopefully, with some more news on some players who have joined the, the club. Maybe some players who have gone out on loan, or maybe a player who says, Yeah, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Until
1: next time, cheers. your news reciting Messi. Oh my God. Hey, I'm so fun, entrefrancois la la cha-la-la-la-la-la